Steve, happy Monday. Steve? Hey, Steve, you there? All right, that was cheesy, guys, but Steve's not here. Um, this is Mark running solo today. Steve's actually out traveling with the fam. Uh, and normally, I would not do a solo episode. I, I don't like to hear myself talk. I try to be in the background on the show, even though I'm the host. So, um, yeah, I try not to ramble my own ramblings. But we have some great feedback from you guys, from the listeners. Um, you know, Steve and I last week talked about cold weather camping, cold weather hunting, and just kind of briefly shared some tips. I know we kind of just scratched the surface on some of the things that might be helpful in those conditions, but you guys wrote in with some great feedback. And so that's kind of what I wanted to get into today is some of those suggestions that you guys brought up as well as kind of quickly tackle um, a couple of the questions along the way as well. So just to kick things off, um, Nathan wrote in and asked about tips for using compressed fuel canisters in the cold. Um, so jet boil type system, MSR, that type of thing with those isobutane canisters. Yeah, for sure. Performance um, is an issue when it's cold. And basically that all boils down to, you know, those canisters um, are in a liquid form, but there's actually that liquid vaporizes into gas and the gas is what is actually fed to the stove. Um, and what the stove runs off of is the gas, not the liquid form. When the Temps are really cold. There's a pressure imbalance, basically, um, and that liquid doesn't vaporize. So the stove isn't getting gas, even though there's the liquid in the canister. So yeah, I mean, just simple things um, in terms of at night, keeping fuel canisters in your sleeping bag with you is a great approach that I've done many times. Um, keeping them in a puffy jacket, you know, that can work as well insulating the fuel canister itself um, while it's being used is also really helpful in uh, cold conditions. I'm sure as you guys have noticed that the fuel canister gets cold as it's being used. And so you can wrap that. Obviously, be careful about flammable materials, but you can wrap the fuel canister itself. You can insulate the fuel canister from the ground by putting something between the fuel canister and the ground. And then obviously a big key is a windbreak if needed. Um, so just those simple things are really helpful. Uh, if you look at different fuel canisters, um, you'll see different blends or at least talk of blends. And I've never gotten super scientific-y there. Um, but I know like the MSR cans I've actually had really good luck with in the colder weather. So um, that's not an all-out endorsement, but definitely have had good experience there. Nathan, Nathan also mentioned the use of um, stuff or compression sacks for down clothing. Um, specifically, we mentioned last week the Chamberlain um, First Light coat and the puffy pants, and he was saying what space eaters those are. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, they're bulky. They also compress well, being um, down. The puffy pants are synthetic, so they don't compress as well, but I've found that they actually do pack really well. Um, I've both folded them and rolled them. I typically don't use compression sacks for those items, um, and we've talked about at length previously about the pros and cons of doing so, but for those two items specifically, even aside from the logistics of how they pack in a pack, the main reason I don't use compression sacks for those is I'm accessing them pretty frequently and taking those layers on and off potentially, um, such as that Alaska hunt we had in September. You know, it wasn't uncommon for us to stop and glass for a bit, you know, maybe 30, 40 minutes, then get moving. And I just didn't want to take those puffy pants out of a compression sack, recompress them, put them away, pull them out, yada, yada, yada. So they they fit into a pack well. 
I will say that if late season um, hunting, specifically backpack hunting, is something that you'll be doing, then yes, there typically is more bulk in your gear compared to, say, a September hunt. And I would factor that into um, your bag selection, your bag size. Typically, though, a backpack hunt specifically is typically not going to be as long in that later season. So you might say do a five to seven day hunt in September, but maybe only a three to four day hunt, um, you know, and call it November in that colder weather. And so you're probably going to be out less, but have bulkier gear. And so that overall bag profile, say like a 4,800 um, can be ideal for both of those. But yeah, definitely consider the bulk of adding extra layers there. Um, William also wrote in and basically says that while he understands a Nalgene bottle is a little heavy and bulky, he really likes it for winter camping. Um, he says that he boils a liter of water to fill the Nalgene at night and then places it in the bottom of his sleeping bag since his feet tend to get cold. By doing so, that bottle also stays warm throughout the night, keeping his feet from freezing, but also having warm Um, or I shouldn't say warm, but having water that's not frozen for breakfast and coffee in the morning. Yeah, that's a great tip, William. I use Nalgene's more and more as the weather gets colder um, so that I don't have to deal with the freezing bladder tube, but also just because I tend to carry less water by volume, and so it's easier to kind of frequently fill up um, a Nalgene. You can even put snow in it and let it melt, that type of thing. So I do use Nalgene's more as the weather gets colder. Um, and then, yeah, putting putting a uh, warm bottle in the sleeping bag is something that I have done as well. Definitely works well. And then uh, you also don't run into the issue that Steve ran into that we discussed last week of having a, a rock-solid jet boil um, and not be able to make coffee in the morning. So, yeah, good tip, William, for sure. Um, Mike also wrote in and said that... Um, Instead of a Nalgene or a bladder, he actually brings a thermos. Um, so think of a you know a stainless steel or some sort of double wall thermos. Again, that's bulk that I don't pack on a September hunt just because I don't see the benefit for the weight. But it is something I do pack for cold hunts especially. So that's a good tip, Mike. Um, in Alaska, for example, um, I brought a... Uh, what are those things called? A hydro flask that I've had forever. I think it's like a 20 ounce. Um, and it's fantastic, not only to keep things from freezing, but then if you take that midday coffee, midday cider, any sort of warm drink, you can make that. And then literally for hours, you can have a warm drink to sip on. So that's the primary reason I will use a thermos or some sort of um, insulated non-leaking vessel for sure. And again, I'm typically not backpacking quite as long in those conditions, so that weight penalty is there, but not uh, I'm not being quite the gram or ounce counter um, that I am in that cold weather camping, simply because there's so much benefit to that. Um, you know, we're heading to Kodiak very soon here. It's probably going to be chilly, and we're just day hunting. Um, still, even for a day hunt, I typically think of not bringing something steel. Um, just because the weight, but it's honestly the the values there for sure. So yeah, good tip, Mike, on bringing an actual thermos or something of the like. Josh wrote in and said that he got those down glassing mitts that Steve and I had mentioned, which are those Brooks mitts from First Light. He said he's also been sliding them on his feet at night to keep his toes extra warm in his sleeping bag. Um, you know, he says you can only get them to midfoot, but it's amazing to help keep those toes warm. 
I honestly didn't think of that. I have looked at down booties. Um, there's several on the markets. Enlightened Equipment makes some, for example. And so for a couple ounces, you can have down specific booties um, to keep your feet cold. Putting the glassine mitts on there is certainly an interesting idea. I'll have to try that um, and see how that works. I, cold toes are, I'm just prone to them. I have pretty crappy circulation. Um, so like when I tree stand whitetail hunt, for example, and it's cold out, my toes get cold quick, even with a heavily insulated boot. But I used to have problems um, with cold feet sleeping. Um, and this is not like meant to be a commercial, but I honestly don't have that issue anymore um, with my catabatic quilts. It keeps me warm. It has a great toe box. Another tip there with just keeping toes warm is to make sure and put fresh socks on. Um, and so I think we talked a little bit last week about how any sort of dampness or anything, even if you don't particularly feel wet, um, that stuff's just horrible when it's cold. And so that's something I'm always doing is putting fresh socks on before I go to bed. And that makes a world of difference, um, helping to keep my feet warm as well. Kevin wrote in with a few tips. Going back to Nalgene, he said specifically consider keeping it upside down at night. Um, he mentioned that freezing starts where the air is exposed. And so if you have it upside down, basically the quote unquote bottom of the bottle is going to begin to freeze. And then when you flip that over in the morning, you're going to have non-frozen water at the top. So that's a good little tip. Um, let's see. What else did he have? Yeah, he mentioned doubling the amount of fire starter you think you need, sleeping with a neck warmer. That's a really good point. A neck warmer is huge. Um, head and neck specifically are critical to staying warm, um, especially sleeping warm. Um, that goes down to looking at your sleeping bag or sleeping quilt choice and seeing what kind of baffle it has at the neck in terms of like a draft collar. But yeah, neck warmer is great as well. Um, and then he just recommended overall that people get out in, win in winter camp once in a while. And I would just echo that. I mean, it's it's an easy time to stay inside and, and feel like it's going to be miserable to get out there. But honestly, once you're out there and moving, and if you have decent gear and you're decently prepared, it's actually a beautiful, beautiful time of the year to be out. So yeah, if you guys haven't done that yet, I just wanted to mention that and echo what Kevin said about make sure and actually get out there and do some winter camping. And I'm sure you'll learn some lessons and you'll have some great experiences. And it's usually a time of year where you're not getting out as much. So even just a quick overnighter is going to be a great break um, from the day-to-day -day grind of life. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate your feedback. Um, anytime you guys have tips for us or questions for us or a topic suggestion for the show, anything like that, reach out to us directly. Uh, it's a podcast at exomountaingear.com. As always, guys, we thank you so much for tuning in. And we will be back with an all new episode soon.